Welcome to the first installment of our Phantom Canyon Production Journals. I am Jeffrey Bridges, executive producer of Pendant Productions, and I am here with my co-executive producer, Susan Bridges. Say hello. Hello. I'm usually here, and here I am again. Yes. <laughs> and we are your uh, we are the co-creators and co-writers of Phantom Canyon, and we are here with our fellow co-creator and co-writer, Mr. Jeffrey Thorne. Oh, hello, hello. Hello. Jeffrey Thorne is a real writer who writes guys, real things. <laughs> yeah. no, we're all real writers. That's why we're doing this together. That's yeah. right. Uh, um, uh, definitely real writers. Your output is way bigger than mine. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> we're a little crazy around, around Pendant. But um, yeah, so these uh, production journals are basically just to uh, sort of give you folks out there an idea of what's coming up with the show and talk about uh, the whole process of working on it and coming up with it and everything. So um, I believe that uh, the this show sort of started when we, I think we first met you at um, Long Beach Comic yes, and that's Oregon, like two that's, years ago. Yeah, we were just coincident. Ironically, when I, I don't know if, it, no, that, that's not ironic. It's not ironic. <laughs> but um, just coincidentally, we happened to be hanging out with a friend of ours. We weren't even really doing anything there. And uh, we ended up in a booth next to you guys. And I think Susan and I just started chatting away. Yeah, um, yeah, what do you got? yeah. We happened to be like in proximity to each other. <laughs> it was all random chance. <laughs> what random chance? And the other point of random chance is what were you selling when you were at Long Beach? <laughs> right. Audio. <laughs> what do I love so much and no one and everyone thinks I'm crazy? Audio drama. So um, we had a comic book or something, and our friends had a comic book, and we were just chatting, and we just got to talking, and I listened to. Kingery. Pardon? Kingery. Yeah, we gave him a season one of the Kingery to listen to. I had listened to the Kingery, and then you gave me the discs for the flying chick, the plane oh, girl. Yes. What's her name? <laughs> the disc for uh, Dix Dixie Dixie. Dixie. And that was really fun, too. And I was like, wow, these guys are not messing around. Um, so, um, so we got to talking. And uh, I think you guys wanted to do an adaptation of our comic, Prodigal. Yeah, you gave us a copy and read it. We were yeah. like over the moon with it. And uh, that's on Thrillbent now, by the way. People should go check that out. Thrillbent.com, yes. Free. Um, but both of us basically came back. It was it was like we both exchanged gifts on our first meeting and came back in love. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. We did. Yeah. So, uh, so we said, I said, no, um, that was probably not the best plan just because a lot of crap was going on with Fraudigal at the time. It was kind of in flux. And uh, but would be more fun maybe to come up with something original. So uh, we banged our heads together about different stuff. Um, I really do love the Kingery quite a bit. I think it is a. I think of all the audio I've listened to, it may be it may be the most complex and and interesting and innovative piece. Oh, you bet. Uh, I've listened to, and I'm a I I wouldn't call myself an expert, but I'm definitely an aficionado, and I set the BBC as the highest bar because. They never stopped doing audio drama from when it started in the 40s. So the stuff they do now is just like, wow. Yeah, they're like and, the kings as far as audio drama goes. But you guys and a couple of other uh, companies, especially, uh, what do you call it, the, the Dakota Ring Theater guys in Canada, pretty much the ones, um, and um, what's the other guys who do uh, Tales of the Extraordinary, pretty much the American ones that I like. But you guys are like, the Kingery was, it's amazing. It really should be listened to by everyone who hears this. Because you're gonna be hooked, man. It is nuts. Um, <laughs> Yay! <laughs> it's it's a, it's mafia and outer space and the future and aliens and but also um, 
you guys know what it is, obviously. But anyone who listened to this, who only is listening because, God forbid, I'm part of it, I may not have heard the king. <laughs> you have and, fans. And, yeah, I, uh, you know, they claim that that's supposed to happen. I haven't seen no <laughs> But let's presume these hypothetical fans are now tuned in. Um, the Kingery is an ongoing drama about a casino set in another world uh, in the future and the denizens thereof and the crap that they get into. And it's part soap opera, certainly, because it has to keep going. But it is a great crime drama. It is a great sci-fi piece. It is true sci-fi in, in that uh, it takes itself seriously. It, it, it says it's more sci-fi than Star Trek, which I love deeply. Um, we also and, are large fans of Star Trek. And uh, the it's just worth a listen. Anyone who hasn't heard it is missing out. And after hearing that, the chance to work with you guys on some new project was really just like, I mean, like literally a dream come true. So with that in mind. That's crazy. Wow. So, <laughs> um, so we just started batting ideas around. Um, and I think we settled on uh, some sort of a horror related piece. Uh, and I don't remember much more of the details of that. We just, I think, just started talking about what would be fun and innovative. And... Yeah, I don't know exactly how we came up with doing a horror Western because we've never done, like, a true horror or true Western show at Pendant before. So maybe that was part of what, like, intrigued us by it is that it was something so new that we had never, you know, we've never worked in that genre before. I'm not sure, but... Um... I've never done it either. Uh, yeah. This was a first for me as well, and it was a really a lot of fun. Yeah, um, it was crazy. We've never had to, to... There's a lot of horses in this show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little sorry to the director. My apologies. There's a lot of horses. A lot of sound effects needed there. But, um, but yeah, it's... You know, they, you know um, when trying to sound at least somewhat authentic, there's a very certain way of uh, talking they had, and certain styles of speech that was very different and hard to get used to at first, I think, um, because, you know, like Kingery or other and, shows and we work on don't have that. you didn't want it to be, you know, schlocky or... Right, exactly. Totally. So it, it was um, very unique, I think, from all of uh, Pendant's other stuff in that respect, at least in the terms of the dialogue and the genre. It's very, very different from the stuff we put out before. Yeah. Although you guys do put out quite a, a, a large catalog of stuff you either produce or write yourselves. Uh, and it was, a, it was a, I think, somewhat difficult to find something you hadn't covered yet. I mean, you really <laughs> covered a good portion of the geek uh, continuum on your end. You've done superheroes, sci-fi. Uh, you've got a, a couple of shows that have sort of an occult thing going on. You freaking do Shakespeare, for God's sakes. You're insane. <laughs> a um, little bit of everything. You know, we try to have a lot of large offering for different people with differing tastes. I wish people could see me. I'm just nodding a lot because it's freaking awesome. <laughs> so, yes, it was nice to find this one little area that none of us had really um, uh, delved into in any deep way. Even my even my so-called horror short stories are more like dark fantasy or dark urban fantasy. They're not truly just about the horrible events or whatever. So, anyway, so, yeah, so we set it in the Old West because that's fun. And uh, it's a horror show, which is also fun. Um <laughs> Then we also said it um, uh, in winter, I think, because one of the other things we thought is like when you see westerns, you never see a western in winter. It's always hot and dry, and like, right. well, it still snowed yeah. back then, and I think that uh, we thought that would lend a bit of extra creepiness to it because you know everything's so cold and still and dead in winter. So 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think. I mean, I haven't heard the sound design, but we before the before we started talking uh, officially, uh, apparently that's going to be a major component of this overall, and the director is going all out on that. So I'm hoping that the things that we were trying to evoke will be um, that the other performers, the other practitioners, what the other mechanics on this car. Uh, are going to go as crazy about it as we did. I hope they do because you know I think we we really worked hard on the scripts. We did. We um we, there's uh, six episodes. Um the entire show may I think end up being released as one block due yeah. to um, the Audible's restriction. So it'll come out sort of like a feature movie. It'll probably be like two two and a half hours or something like that. I think in total. It's funny we can talk right here in front of the audience, but um are you going to do it like chapters because that's how it's written, or we're going to yeah. do it as Okay, yeah, we would, we'll keep the chapter breaks and everything like that as we go through it. Um, so, so it'll be six um, short episodes, like half hour, or it'll be like, you know, six chapters in one long feature. Um, okay. And we uh, sort of alternated writing the scripts, and we jointly, I, we had, I don't even know how many uh, chats, just like this one, where we uh, hashed out the characters and the story and came up with everything, and, and we uh, sort of jointly did an outline and yeah. just started scripting from there, and took turns back and forth. It probably took us about a year, I think, to get them all done. Yeah, and that was largely due to scheduling conflicts and, and having to eat, basically. <laughs> Pesky um, trying, food. Trying to get it right, too. I mean, what's interesting is that, unlike, um, probably unlike the way you work when you guys are just strictly the bosses, and certainly unlike the way I've worked in the TV shows I've worked on, um, we had no one overseeing us to make us conform to uh, someone else's vision. So we had to do things that the audience may not realize conf make our dialogue match because we don't all write exactly the same way, though we tried very hard to. So uh, the lovely Bridges did take the scripts through one last polish before you guys uh, hear actors do them to just make sure... You know, and there are little things here and there. There'll be a little inconsistency here and there. Or, uh, right. Generally on my side where I would get all happy and write something. And, <laughs> and then I'm told, very politely told, but but she's dead, Jeff. You can't, you know, <laughs> you can't be alive for the first five minutes because we've already killed her. Um, oh, right. Okay. I got to go back and fix that. Sorry. Um, and, but it was a really just a lovely experience. And uh, um the fun, the best thing about it, to me, well, no, there are many best things, but one of the really great things about this is we don't have an effects budget. We just make the noises, and the, and the audience's brain does all the work for us. Well, we have we have a, a small sound effects budget, but the visuals, yes, all in the head. So you know, and that's going to be better than anything people you know can actually come up with on a computer anyway. Which is kind of the fun of audio drama is that you know you hear it, but everything that you see is all in your head and imagination is always way better. That's why things are creepier when you only sort of kind of see things. And so. the process, I mean, this was a show. I mean, from my point of view, this was just writing on another show that for one of the few times I've gotten to help create. So, um, thank you. <laughs> it was um, a joy to work with you. You're, you're awesome. I can't wait for people to finally hear this and then, uh, oh, hear what we came up with. So, um, I'm we're hoping here. for, um, winter, uh, this winter. So, uh, we'll obviously have more information on that in upcoming production journals and in our uh, weekly, well, semi-weekly news show, TWIP, which you can find at pendantaudio.com. Semi-weekly. It's now monthly <laughs> at the moment. Well, sometimes but... it goes bi-weekly. It, it varies. Depending you know. on, yes. And also Facebook <laughs> and Twitter, and yes, et cetera, yes. et cetera, et cetera. You'll get all kinds of news about it there, too. We've been posting uh, bios to the um, our pendant Facebook and Twitter. Yep feeds about um, the cast and the crew of, of this show, so you've uh, probably learned a little bit about folks from there already. 
this was my first really experience with casting just by voice. And we went through a lot of people. I mean, the the bridges, <laughs> bridges <laughs> of Los Angeles County, are, <laughs> are you know they're old hands at this. They do this pretty much all the time now. But it was my first time just just having nothing but an audio to go on. And yeah, that voice is this. Oh, that voice is a little creepy. Or you know, well, he can't really be the hero because he sounds like this. And you know, and it, it was just fascinating. The whole process. Just I'm more in love with it now than it was just an idea in my head. So. Yeah, it's interesting casting for audio drama because of the slight nuances people can put in a performance that completely change the way you hear a character and you have no visual to go along with it. Where, you know, like for film or television casting, the visuals are big importance. You know, how do they carry themselves? Do they fit the mold of the character? And here, that's yeah. all in, in the audience's head. So it's, it's a, it, yeah, we, we've cast... Well, and we'll throw in like a cheater line. Like, I like to throw in a line that's, you know, easily misread. Like sure, a parenthetical or something where... That's because you're so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you know, though, the ones that get it, you're like, they're tuned the into this character. The ones who get it or they're really paying yeah. attention. Because, like, you got to read the words. you got to read the whole thing and get the whole idea. Oh, or... thank God we are partners. I don't know what it would be like to work for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we're laughing. and It was really just like this. We would Skype it up and send emails and check things and go back and forth about things. And it was very organic. Um, I really hope it was so much fun for us, or at least for me, I, unless they're amazing actors, it seemed like it was fun. Oh, no. Um, oh, no, no. Uh, <laughs> well, Susan's pretty good, but not me. No, sir. But, uh, uh, so, like, yeah, I hope that fun comes through. Uh, I hope that I hope that as creepy and scary as we hope it is, I hope it's also fun, obviously. So, um I, I'm tongue-tied. I really, it doesn't sound like it, but I actually don't know what to say anymore at all that I think is in my brain right now. <laughs> well, um, in terms of, of a preview of the story, uh, without yeah. giving too much away, I think we can say it's a bit about, um, I don't know, past regrets, not being able to go home again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, the, the, I guess that would be the sort of meta underpinning of all of it is um, your childhood memories are not necessarily what you, your childhood isn't what you want to be. Can you escape your childhood? Uh, what do you owe your your roots? What do you owe to your roots? Things like that. Um, plus monsters. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's making peace with yourself and monsters. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean... Uh, it was a fun limitation to have no possibility of visuals to only be able to uh, have and not have the audience. This was my hardest thing from moving from basically only only books, which are just words and nothing else. And you can do anything you want mm -hmm. or comics and film, which have this visual crutch that I can write almost sometimes nothing and let this awesome artist just draw that, you know, uh, with this, but also not writing dialogue that sounds like oh look at that very tall object that has yes exactly of it that that was like wow this is really freaking brutal man it is a it's a it's a nice little art form it is it's really tricky to learn how to convey things with just sound effects and dialogue that still sounds natural while still getting all of right. this information and out there. And that's kind of where we depart from the old time radio format yeah, where they yeah. really did just say there's it. a lot of that Get that Hindenburg! It is coming down. Yeah, is that the Hindenburg? Why, yes, it is. Uh, and it's coming right for us. Coming right for us. Perhaps we should get that very behind that very large structure that we didn't mention before. 
yes, yes, over there. Footsteps, footsteps. <laughs> yeah. So that was it. Was a, it was very educational, um, awesome, fun, and I, I we've just been talking. I think we may do it again. So we're hoping. Uh, yes. Yeah. I'm I'm definitely hooked on this. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So okay. Yeah. So it's set in the old west. It's about these things: old loves, regrets, choices made, not made, um, cold winter. Monsters, shooting. torches, Creepy. guns, yeah, guns, <laughs> and there's gross stuff too. That's true. It gets pretty gross. Definitely. At that. This is not. I don't want to like. This isn't like you know gross out torture porn or any of no. that weird crap. No. Uh, you know what? Good. It is actually a horror story. It yes. is not. We're not torturing people to death. We're not no. in horrible cannibalistic mutilation scenes and stuff like that. Absolutely so not. It's a it's a creepy old school horror drama it's gonna be great it is great it was great to read it's totally great i agree (laughs) (laughs) my adjectives my command of the language is so perfect (laughs) it's much easier when you're writing it down and can revise it like 10 times it's talking extemporaneously thing that's not for us i don't know we're writers it's not us me not no (laughs) (laughs) so um so what you guys are juggling like 60 things right now in terms of your audio projects yeah we got a lot of stuff going on but um you know we're making it work we're used to it and yeah we're wrapping up some new stuff um like henderson and Havner, that'll mm-hmm. be soon. that's a short format comedy show we have yes. coming out soon and then right. we're gonna talk about uh, no we're getting kingery back into production that's so right. we're season, in the seven, season uh, seven we'll begin scripting soon <laughs> i love that show Hurry up. <laughs> uh, so, oh, I know. I have some questions. All right. So, there's things <laughs> I know about because you guys are doing largely the, um, and by largely, I mean 100% of the producing of this. My, my, yeah. my uh, contribution is strictly so far has been as a writer and as some, um, some involvement with the casting. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you guys do this, and one of the reasons I felt I was in such good hands with this is you do do this all the time. So, I'm sure that the 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 regular listeners know everything about your process and everything about um, you know the, the nuts and boltsness of all of this. But the guys who are coming in because I asked them to come in don't have a clue. So, like after we finished all the polishes and we after we did the audio the, the audio auditions, what happened after that? Uh, well, we got the um, scripts. They went through our script editor. We made the final polishes on those. And then we uh, sent them out. Uh, right, the script editor is not us. That's <laughs> right. We don't edit our own stuff. Uh, no, no, no. Um, but well, we do, but then the script editor well, always right. does the final task. <laughs> yeah, we're not the only editor to see our work. Right. Um, uh, so then we sent them out to the cast. Uh, there were six total scripts. We sent out two well, per month. First, first, we do the schedule. So we, well, we figure yeah. out the schedule. We decided for this production, we're going to, we're sending out two at a time. So it'll be two and then this the third and fourth and then fifth and sixth right for our monthly shows we only send one at a time obviously because it's working right. monthly sort of revolving but for this one we wanted to get them in sooner and it was a fixed length so we thought it was all right to send those out although because it, this was the first audible pro production we had to do contracts first yes getting all that <laughs> figured out for the uh, actors and the crew and everybody that was fun i get and everyone had to get them notarized and yes. all that stuff mail them in all of that good time so we did that <laughs> And then we started sending the scripts out. 
then we <laughs> then we sent the scripts out with the normal deadlines. Uh, um, the way we found works best with the audio script um, is to number each of the lines in the script. And then when an actor records it, they'll put the line number in front of their character name so that the director knows which line that is and where it goes. Just sort of it's an easier thing so the director doesn't have to rename them and go through all that sort of logistical work to get them in the right order. Right. So each line is actually its own separate file mm -hmm. with three or four takes with a, like a Different space line in between the takes. So the actors are never really in the same room with each other? Nope. Correct. We are, our actors are spread all across the country and... So the other, which is it's pretty much like pro audio work where they're rarely in the same room. Right, true. That's true. Although I have to say, sometimes in animation, at least a couple of times I've been able to sit on them. They try to get them in the room if they can, as many as they can at one time. Yeah, uh, it doesn't always work out that way. Mm -hmm. But it's fascinating because you really can't tell from listening to the other productions. I presume it'll be the same with this one that they're not all together. Like that's is that the director making sure that that doesn't. Uh, that they're in the right mode, that they're in the right emotional state, like in an argument or something right. like that. And Both if if are... somebody's read is just slightly off and it doesn't fit with the other reads, the director will ask for a retake and give them, you know, more guidance along the sort of emotion or the kind of read that they're looking for. And also adjust the timing. Right. You can adjust the timing in post when you're mixing it. Um, okay. So that helps a lot, too, especially in the comedy. I found that adjusting the timing of the lines there can help a lot. But... Yeah. Um, Again, you guys have been doing this for a long time. I'm sorry to interrupt. Uh, That's okay. You say make me think of other questions. Um, you guys have been doing this a long time, and you work with the same, not the same exact people, but a, a rotation of the same people. So how hands-on are you when it comes down to the directing? Are you sitting in there with the director and the and the sound editor or whatever the title is? Nope. Or, so, <laughs> no, they, our, uh, our director's not here either. Uh, the person who's directing the show lives several states away. Oh, wow. So, uh, but what they will do, especially like for this show, is uh, he'll send in a mix of the, uh, like, say, the first episode when it's done, and I'll listen to it, and I'll give him feedback on it. I'll say, you know what, we should tighten this pot up, or I'm not sure the music's working quite right under this scene. Uh, we want to give, you know, them full artistic freedom. Uh, we don't want to be, you know, very controlling and stuff, but if we feel that there are things that aren't quite working, we'll give them suggestions. But ultimately, the final mix and everything is going to be up to the director and, you know, because you want them to be able to put their stamp on it, too, and let them be artistic and express themselves through it. So uh, we try to be as open to that stuff as we can. But if there are actual problems, you know, like there's a line that it's just like the qu audio quality on it isn't working or isn't up to standards or something, we're going to make sure we get a redo on it and things okay. like that. Has a director or an actor ever gone, like, really left? Like, where did you get that from? And you've had to really pull them back in, or has it been pretty easy? Um, you know, a couple of times we've had stuff like that, but since we ask them to include multiple takes, we can sort of just throw out that take and use a better one that they included. So um, uh, the actors that we've cast at this point anyway um, are to the point where they're not going to give us four takes of the exact same read. They change it up a lot. They put different tones and inflections on the things uh, because they realize things can be read different ways. Right. And this is. And um, most of our mains have worked for us before right. in major roles, and so, so they, they know the drill. Yeah, they know that you can't be quite sure how the line you're bouncing off of, supposed to be bouncing off of, is going to be read. So you have to give a couple of different interpretations of how to respond, and that's how it works best with the satellite recording. Um, okay. So usually, I'd say like 95% of the time, uh, well, between the mix of takes, oh, yeah. that works pretty good. But there's like a 5% time you might have to ask though, for the a, director, a 
the director can reach out to them and mm-hmm. say, I need a retake because yeah. he read it this way or we're, we're trying something different. Or, like, occasionally you'll have a really good ad lib and you want something different. To- ah, right. So, that was my next question. So how much, because yeah. uh, I know from working in TV, um, I know a lot of writers don't appreciate this, but I used to be an actor, so I do appreciate this. Uh, a lot of the times the actors themselves will be like, yeah, that's not exactly or exactly right, because they've got a handle on the character that is different. I wouldn't say better or worse, but different than the way writers think about characters. Yeah, they certainly approach them differently. But in those situations, they're just people standing around. They can throw the thing out, and we can all hear it right in the moment. In this situation, where the person's kind of alone and they come up with an ad lib, how how free is that? Like, do they do they check first? Is it truly an ad lib, or do they throw it in and everybody goes, "Yes, yes, keep that"? You know, um, we it ask them to with the rest of the script. You know, sometimes they're just ad libbing to have fun, and honestly. Right. Pete is our lead, and he's like the king of ad libs. He is. He's the king. He's never. He's he's never not ad libbing. <laughs> he, he loves to do it. He's just uh, now, to be fair, it. he does do a couple of takes exactly as written, which we ask them all to do. But then we say after you do a couple exactly as written, you know, a couple of different takes. Right. We have feel free to ad lib, change right. things up, do rewording, whatever you feel is natural, and go with it. And we might use it or we might not. Um, yeah, like- Pete loves to do that. So um, I like it when everybody's on the same page in terms of the level of collaboration. I think a lot of people think these kinds of productions are just, you know, even when there's one boss over everybody, it's still almost entirely collaborative. And I think it's good to know that the even in a even in something as sort of uh, structured as audio drama, especially the way it's being done, where it's people not in the same room and they can't read off of each other and, you know, all the things that actors like to do, see each other's eyes and all of that stuff. that they have that kind of freedom and you guys are open to that too because some writers are fairly stuck uh, sticky about no no there's a comma there you know oh we've met we've met a few yeah um but yeah and um occasionally there's even been a few times where uh, an actor's ad lib is so good um but unfortunately it like makes the line that comes after not quite work and we will if the ad lib is that good and we really want to use it, we could even contact the other actor and say, you know what, we need you to tweak this line because we need to use this ad lib. It's so perfect. Gotcha. Um, so, but that's pretty rare. Most of our actors know that they can't, uh, or that it's at least better to not mess up the line that comes after them. So if they ad lib, they try to do it in a way that still makes the next line work. So like so. in the middle of the line, they'll do the ad lib and then the ends of the line. Uh-huh. Right. Or even at the end, they'll, they'll do something that makes the response that comes after from the next actor still work, even if they change it or put a couple of different things. But on yeah, it. I guarantee you, you're going to hear something come out of Pete's mouth and you'll be like, I don't remember that. You know what? <laughs> good. I'm taking credit for it. Oh, they're, they're, <laughs> they're really good. It'll be good. Yes. Yeah. You can live all he wants. My name's on the script. <laughs> um, okay. So was it a decision on um, what to use? with those, whether to use the, the straight takes or an ad lib or anything, that's all the director's final call. So has there uh, been any, um, have there, I shouldn't say has, have there been any, um, any major bumps so far? Anything that was different about this that, you know, cause it's pretty much smooth sailing for you guys at this point. Contracts. Of, the contracts <laughs> were a bump. Yeah, they were, okay, they but were I very mean, annoying. Bump, but. In terms of the actual physical making of the piece, was there anything unique to this that was different than your other millions of uh, projects? Uh, so far, everything's going pretty smoothly. I'd say the biggest uh, difference that we've had from our other projects is that this is the first project we have that we have um, original music created specifically for this show. 
Wow, uh, really? Other we've used uh, like uh, copyright free production of uh, one of uh, John Philip Sousa's songs. We have uh, we use a lot of Kevin McLeod uh, from Incompetech.com because his stuff. Hey, is Kevin McLeod. He's Kevin great. McLeod is got God. so much stuff up there organized by yeah. mood and feel. He's fabulous. But that's Saint stuff- Kevin. Saint Kevin McLeod. Yes. <laughs> uh, but his stuff wasn't uh, you know written specifically for this show. And our, our composer and uh, music he performed all the music himself too uh, for this show. Tom Stitzer. We sent him the script. Uh, so he read the entire thing ahead of time. He knew exactly what we were going for in terms of tone and feel with the show. And, and we, then, we also sent him samples. Of right. Like, He's like, what kind of stuff are you looking for? And we sent him a couple. He did a lot more than that. Because you guys sent me a little taste of the of the audio, the music. Uh, I guess it was the theme. Yes. The theme song. But he did a lot more than just that, it sounds like. Oh, yeah. Yes. He's doing like five different pieces. We were like. We want a theme. We want something that's this kind of mood. We want something that's kind of fast and creepy. We want something that's slow. slow. Something that's kind of, yeah. yeah. So he did um, five total pieces for us, including the theme. And then he also provided us with, uh, like, if the song had 13 different instrument tracks, we got each track provided separately. So that the director could use, if the director was like, I want to just use the guitar from this one piece. That was my idea. My idea. Yeah, to tie into it. Nice. We got all of that too. So we got all of this completely custom music made just for the show, and it's really fantastic. You know what's going to happen? We're going to do so great. One day people will perform it live. <laughs> <laughs> of the set up mics and have a live band. It's going to be awesome, and we'll be old, and they'll make us stand up in the audience. Hey, back when they had radio, back when they had computers, <laughs> when everything wasn't holographic and right into your brain, this is how they did it. Uh, Before it the sex holodeck. Before. Uh, don't mention the sex holodecks in public. We know you've. I've told you about that. <laughs> but those, uh, uh, you'll never see anyone ever again. That's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't build the sex holodecks. We have a civilization to keep going. <laughs> People disappearing into the sex holodeck. <laughs> oh my god. That now that would be a great. That would be a great Star Trek story. Why are there no sex holodecks? Here's the story why it almost destroyed our society. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! Uh, okay, so so far, knock wood. Um, this has really been a, a good ship lollipop for everyone concerned. Um, the uh, the you've told me that the uh, performers are happy with what they're getting to do. Director man is obviously lost his mind and is just <laughs> is doing the uh, Joseph Conrad thing where it's like it's finished when it's finished. Um, but that's good. That's a good sign. It means people are digging in. Um, and they generally don't dig in unless they think there's something good to dig into. So that makes me a little less nervous. Um, I wasn't nervous about the writing, but you never can tell. And I think from my own cynical um, Hollywood bastard mind that uh, hooking up with you guys is probably one of the better decisions I've made in my professional life. Um, oh, stop it. You're gonna stop just, it. Oh, oh my, my God. God. No, it's the other way around. Uh, but, uh, uh, it's just, it's nice to know that there's this well-oiled machine of people that trust and, and can deal with each other and put out a high quality, uh, high caliber, high quality output in general. And so this little baby we made has the best possible cradle, right? And uh, I think uh, so. I'm, I'm really excited about the music and the director and the cast we put together blows my mind. <laughs> you guys even got me to do a couple of lines. That's oh, right. Yeah. You make a, a brief appearance in the in the very beginning of the very front of the show. So you'll listen. Yes. Get close. 
<laughs> just miss him. Um, but uh, yeah, this was. Ugh. And didn't the director say, "Hey, this guy's really good"? Yes, he did. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I you know I don't like to pat my own back. You know. <laughs> You know, I, I was a professional. Um, no, I mean, They're it was like just... he was a real actor and everything. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird because, like, generally you want to have anecdotes that are, you know, actor X got drunk and came to the set and kicked a puppy <laughs> or, you know, or something exploded and one of our grips was incinerated and we, you know, we all went to the funeral or something. It's boring <laughs> to say it, but it's just, it's been fun. <laughs> Well, you know, uh, we'll, we'll do future installments of, of these production journals, and uh, we'll talk to some of the actors in there, and I will be sure to ask them if they, if any of them kicked puppies while recording. <laughs> or we're Just set on you. fire. Or we're set on you fire. You know, that's fine, too. <laughs> set on fire is a great anecdote. Don't knock set on fire. <laughs> right. You know, lots of screaming and blood is always good for publicity. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what would happen on an audio drama, but, <laughs> you know, we could figure a way. Um, okay, so... Uh, have we come to the end of it? I think probably okay. we've covered a lot of stuff without giving, uh, we, without spoiling the good yeah. for everybody. Okay. So I think I think we've said probably about as much as we can. So yes, keep up with things at PendantAudio.com or on the Facebook page or the Twitter page or whatever else. That's right. Uh, Facebook.com slash Pendant Audio and um, you can find us on Twitter at Pendant Web. Oh, when will this go up? Probably yes. in the next week or two. I was going to say, don't tell me it's live or I'll come there and kill you. <laughs> no, it's not live. No, no, no. Dear God, no. <laughs> okay, great.